Every day of our lives is spent in the built environment. We live in homes and apartments, drive on roads, get gas from pipelines, go to work in buildings, make purchases in stores and restaurants. We rely on factories, plants, doctor's offices, and hospitals for our basic human needs. And while our world continues to shift and grow and change, the development and delivery of the built environment has fallen dramatically behind. Welcome to the Built Revolution. We're here to engage the leaders, visionaries, and innovators who are revolutionizing the built environment. This podcast is brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. Hi, this is Clark Ellis, Principal with Continuum Advisory Group, and welcome to the Built Revolution podcast. Uh, We are here at the Construction Industry Institute uh, annual conference, and we're working uh, with one of the key research teams uh, that presented at the conference. Uh, the Flexible Facilities for Manufacturing and Life Sciences Research Presentation. And we're going to talk to two uh, of the key members of that team, uh, Summer Adronley with Ikeley Incorporated uh, and Keith Molinar, Associate Dean for Research at the University of Boulder College of Engineering. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So uh, it's a very exciting topic and I think very, very relevant. We were, we were talking as we were getting ready here you know, about the, the intense need for manufacturing organizations uh, to be able to get speed to market you know, with whatever the product is that they're producing, whether it's consumer goods or particularly in, in life sciences, uh, pharmaceutical, and biopharmaceutical uh, and high tech, how, how critical it is to be able to hit those windows and how challenging it's been historically for those organizations to link up their own product R&D uh, processes with their their facilities designing and construction processes. So very exciting topic. Um, and so to, to get us started, uh, you know, Keith or Samar, whoever wants to um, uh, kind of give us a background. What, what, what do you how would you describe the motivation and the, and the, the, the reason that this research was was uh, put together? Sure. Um, well, the the sector research is new uh, to Construction Industry Institute. Uh, CII has been around for over 30 years, but just a few years ago, they uh, separated into uh, sectors to do more focused research right. to help particular companies. And so the manufacturing and life sciences sector group uh, saw this as their biggest need. How are they going to build facilities that will allow them to get to market quickly when there's so much uncertainty in product demand and product development um, and how our technology, which is continuously changing, um, impacts the facility design and construction throughout. So it's really an, it's an industry driven process for an industry driven need to give the members of CII a competitive advantage. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Summer, anything to add? Um, Sure. Um, You know, as a, as an industry person, I joined um, this team um, midway through um, the research. So um, into the second year, um, and what I saw is we're developing the tools to get the subjectivity out of um, um, out of the decision making process and really provide the tools to be more data driven and objective tools um, to help decision makers, whether it's owners or or the design team that's uh, that's providing consulting services to okay. to owners to to have a data driven to to show that either flexibility. Um, the value of flexibility and including flexibility early on in the design process. Okay. 
Fantastic. So, uh, gr great, uh, great background and, and motivation. Uh, I like the idea of, of trying to migrate towards you know, objectivity. Right. Uh, and that's, that's something that's really plagued you know, the industry. I've been working as a consultant for over 20 years, and it's, you know, you're always fighting the battle between you know, actually having data that you can use to tell a story versus someone saying, oh, well, you know, my experience says X or Y, which you know, there's validity there. But a lot of times it doesn't really account for the uniqueness of specific situations and cases versus being able to look beyond to uh, to, to actually data driven uh, decisions mm -hmm. and, and looking over a broader uh, set you know, of, of industries. So, um, so so how did you guys put the research together? Like, What was the what was the process for that? Well, I'm the academic lead on the team. So I've been a, a professor and doing research and project delivery, risk analysis, cost estimating for over, over 20 years. Um, and it all starts with a, an essential research question. Um, and so, you know, you have to come up with a research method that, that answers the question. So really CII and the Manufacturing and Life Sciences Committee set us forward with that question. That was specifically, how can we create a method for developing a flexible, long lead facility that accommodates evolving manufacturing processes and uncertain market demand. Okay. okay kind of a mouthful. Yeah. But, um, you know, that set our direction. And so there's many approaches to research. Um, this one lent itself to case studies, uh, okay. really trying to understand the complex issues uh, that are needed to deal with uncertainty. And so we got together as a team. We, we called our first first few meetings, uh, kind of wandering meetings, okay. we <laughs> wandered around, you know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to find best in class? How okay. are we going to define best practices? And then how would we produce something um, that wouldn't just be a thought piece, but okay. people could actually, actually uh, use. And so to do that, uh, we decided on case studies and uh, the team um, worked together to do 15 different in-depth case studies. We went all over the country, spent a lot of time um, in airplanes and on <laughs> in meetings uh, at facilities and uh, really learned about how different owners, uh, whether it be food and beverage, mm -hmm. whether it be um, pharmaceutical, we even looked at some wind energy generation manufacturing, and we, we looked for commonalities. So okay. everybody was dealing with uncertainty and market demand. Everybody was developing the products as they were uh, building, if you can believe it, I'm sure many folks uh, can, you know, building the facility before they actually knew what the final product looked like right. um, or what the total demand was. And so what we were able to do is take all of those different cases and look mm -hmm. for commonalities regardless okay. of regardless of the different sector, but then really uh, tailor it. Um, to this uh, manufacturing okay. life cycle, life sciences solution. Okay. So what, what were some of the, uh, the, the key commonalities that the team found that would kind of go across, you know, across industries or disciplines? So the key commonalities that we looked at is, um, is the different types of facilities. So you had your dedicated facility that was dedicated for a certain purpose. So you had a scalable um, facility that would, um, that essentially would be repetitive. So modular based, um, okay. Uh, scalable type of facility, or you had your ballroom concept, which is your uh, your overall general purpose facility. 
So the facility itself, the building itself would be this common room and you can choose to, to then arrange your processes in different fashions within this ballroom type facility. So kind of like a, like a, almost like a giant box and then you could, you could move the configuration. Exactly. As, as yeah. Right? yeah, we came up with all of these analogies. Yep. Um, so there was this idea of a box in a box. Right. So, you know, can you just build the outer facility big enough where you can build the small modules inside? And lo and behold, we found um, in the pharmaceutical area, modular clean rooms. So they built right. a large right. enough building and modular clean rooms. And that was a wonderful solution. Um, you know, we were honestly talking about, well, well couldn't you just build a tent? Right. right. And, do that? <laughs> and lo and behold, uh, wind generation uh, uh, where they manufactured wind blades actually built a tent. Well, isn't Tesla doing that? In, uh, oh, yeah. I'm not aware, but yeah, they could be. Yeah, I believe they, I believe that that was one of the solutions that they were coming up with for the same, same problem of having to get, production ramped up on a short time frame and you're yeah. not, not having certainty. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, uh, this solution turned out to be great for time to market. Um, right. It helped them with that. It was low cost, but they did run into some problems as the product evolved. Okay. Um, the, the wind blade changed in design right. and they didn't allow for that in the beginning. Okay. Um, and so although they had a quick solution, it ended up being very expensive to um, expand a tent um, like we needed to, <laughs> hard to believe. Not surprising. Yeah. I mean, it is to be surprising. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But very, if, if you can imagine, very large tents with no doubt. You know, large cable stay structures. And, yeah. and so, um, uh, and we found that again and again. Good ideas in the beginning, but people always were saying, I wish I would have incorporated just a little bit right. more flexibility because we didn't foresee this change. We didn't foresee this market demand. Uh, coming up. So how do you, how do you, that's a great point. How, how do you actually develop or design flexibility you know, into, into the project? What, what are the different methods for doing that? Well, um, as Summer said, we tried to have these commonalities. Right. Um, and the research report, as much as providing data, provides a framework for people to think about it. Okay. Right. What are the, what are the appropriate questions to ask? Um, and then, uh, you know, how can you generate solutions that are specific uh, to your to your needs? So, um, you know, each facility has a ultimately has a different design. And I would say the benefit of what we've provided is one, the framework, the boundaries mm -hmm. to okay. think about that. Okay. And then two, some idea generation uh, tools that, that help people when they get stuck, when they get a get a um, mental block right. to get through that and come up with a, a solution. Yeah, so we essentially came up with three different components to um, our outcomes of our research. Right. So um, the first is um, is defining common flexible flexibility strategies in a okay. way, and then choosing by, in a, in a choosing by advantages fashion, um, essentially distilling what flexibility strategies are, are more applicable to um, to, to your project or okay. to your facility. And then we, um, we had a cost evaluator to essentially, again, data-driven, what is the premium? And this is what um, our owners would want as a, as a design professional. What is the, what's the cost premium that I'm paying right. to, uh, to include flexibility now versus, um, versus least capital cost now? And then, uh, and then gambling for, uh, 
for having to to expand later on. And the third is, um, is how do I, um, what's the idea generation around, uh, around flexibility? And that's when, uh, um, the concept of uh, of TRIZ, which is used in a lot in industrial manufacturing, right. the theory of um, inventive uh, problem solving, problem solving. Okay. Um, we uh, customized it for more of the construction industry and the flexibility um, components that go into um, facility design. So, um, so for for the, the the cost analysis you're talking about, it sounds to me almost like the valuation of derivatives in you know in the stock market, right? So, like you're, like you're paying, you're, you're paying to have flexibility. You know? There, there is a premium, right? right? And we, what we, the tool that we came up with is based on Uniformat, the simple, right. um, you know, standard estimating practices. Uh, but we gave it a very rapid uh, approach to evaluating different flexibility scenarios okay. just by using using ratings that um, give you a dashboard and looking at a flexibility premium. So yeah, okay. to to expand on what you're saying there, there is an investment. People right. need to invest in flexibility. Um, and then you do need to look at that trade-off um, down the road uh, because um, it is extremely expensive to renovate projects or sometimes um, you know you can leave yourself in a place where you can't renovate a project. Um, but I, I should also point out though that about half of our case studies were renovation projects. So okay. yeah, this is not just for you know, Greenfield, but right. even when you think about um, repurposing a facility uh-huh. for a new product, uh, you still need to think about, you know, where's the HVAC, where's the utility, right. um, you know, how is the access, uh, and, and uh, these tools help you think about that. Right. Well, can you think of some good examples from the research uh, where maybe you, you were able to execute the, the, the TRIZ process that you were, that you were talking mm-hmm. about? I'm really kind of intrigued by how that, like, like the story of how, how that actually would work in the in the construction you know context. Yeah, so um, so I worked with our um, with the researchers that um, and Gil Kramer um, from uh, Iowa State was uh, was the one that really uh, provided the this TRIZ principle and uh, and and it comes with twenty nine different. Um, Essentially, you you have contradictions. You have the things that you want to improve and, and something that you want to maintain. Twenty nine different um, uh, categories of, of those that are standard categories that came from um, is they came, it they came from patents from so patents of tens of um, thousands of patents. Okay. Okay. And and then then you come up with uh, with essentially kind of ideas and, and solutions that you might want to consider. Mm-hmm. To be able to um, to solve those, and so we worked um, closely to try to to customize that to the construction industry. Right. Um, and I'm trying to think of some those of the some specific examples yeah. are you know and they're really quite simple, but right. the mental blocks that people run into when they fall in love with their design or <laughs> you know only see one solution That's are right. hard hard to get through. So simple examples are adding a mezzanine or taking okay. the mezzanine away um, for utilities or uh, heating, ventilating, and air conditioning. Right. Where where do your units go? Is it yeah. going to be uh, add flexibility if you put your HVAC units, you know, on the ground outside on the roof, or should they be, you know, within the building? Yeah, outside um, the footprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, it really works well when you're dealing with things of air quality or different loads. Um, okay. You're always getting contradictions. This idea, if I, you know, optimize this element of the building, have I 
decreased my flexibility right. in some other aspect. And so it's it's a really an interesting, um, again, ideation right. approach. Mm -hmm. And we just need tools like that as designers, as constructors, Absolutely. As, as owners to help us think think more innovatively. Getting getting unstuck. Yeah. Exactly. So we use that methodology and I transformed it into the flexibility strategies that uh, that would go into a design of a flexible building mm -hmm. and then put those contradictions together and came up with both um, um, both solutions in terms of words as well right. as graphical solutions to okay. be able to just as a um, as we talked, idea generation of possible solutions that you uh, that you can consider when you're envisioning how you're going to design a facility. Okay. So it's like just, it's taking description, also visualization. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple of things that you know, as we kind of move towards towards the finish of the conversation, um, really interested to hear what how you think the results you know where we need to go from here, how do we get this insight, you know, out into the market and really, you know, allow practitioners and, and folks uh, with owners and architects, engineers, contractors and suppliers, you know, how, how do we actually take it and, and move forward? Because it sounds like a, a hugely valuable uh, body of knowledge that was created. Sure. Well, so I, I hope people listening are members of CII, the Construction Industry Institute, if they're not. Um, you know, all the tools are available through yeah. CI. We have three spreadsheet-based tools, right. um, and I, I think uh, you know, putting those into practice, they're really again a framework uh, help you with decision workshops or right. cost estimating or um, you know, again idea generation. And, mm -hmm. and so, uh, we look forward to uh, people applying those and, um, and uh, using it. If you're not familiar with CII, the suite of tools that they have from project definition through risk through all of the different elements are, are available. Um, you know, more broadly, what I learned um, on this one that really surprised me was uh, CI asked us to bring in someone from outside of just basic design and construction. And uh, Will Kramer from Iowa State is an um, industrial engineer and brought in an incredible wealth of innovation and knowledge. If you look at, you know, the manufacturing systems themselves, the physical systems themselves, you know, she and the industrial engineers have been teaching flexibility for years. Yeah, that's true. But we do not incorporate those same standards, those same thoughts into the design of the facility that must uh, house these flexible machines, these flexible right. productivity. And so, um, you know, here at the conference, it was interesting. She asked, were there any uh, industrial engineers in the in the audience and only one person raised their hand out of about 600 people wow. in, in the room. And uh, it really made me think just how innovative, you know, these applications have become just because we brought somebody who thinks differently into the room. And so, um, wow, you know, I hope, yeah, yeah, I hope people take that as well. And, you know, don't just think we can solve these issues with the traditional engineering, the traditional construction and right. the traditional owner thinking that we have because um, to be competitive, we really need to move forward and, and increase our ability to be flexible with these facilities and get our capital costs down, and make our operating costs lower in the long term as well. So, yeah, so maybe it's not, yeah. not even so much thinking outside the box, maybe expanding the box, including, including you know, perspectives. In a Absolutely. way, and yeah, I'm going back to your initial question. Yeah. One of our research team members 
uh, Todd Duckworth from mm -hmm. Eli Lilly has started using these tools. Okay. And so it's incumbent on us uh, first as the, the research uh, team members and the design professionals to try to start using those tools on projects that we work with uh, with other clients, whether they're clients that are CII members or, or not. It's uh, And it's uh, then instilling in the uh, and in educating our, our colleagues right. that are design professionals to to start using those tools. Great. Because I think there's um, um, a lot of advantages, again, going back to getting the subjectivity out of decision-making yeah. and into a data-driven and objective environment. That's and that's what I feel like our tools um, really provide. Last, last question, and this is this may sound like an odd one to end on, but I, I find it always it adds insight. Is it each? I'd love each of you to reflect on anything that surprised you uh, about the about the research, the either the process or the results, or something that that, you, that happened that you didn't expect when you went into the process. Go ahead. Sure. Um, well, I've been doing research for over 20 years in project delivery methods. Uh, my main area has been design build delivery and looked at concurrent engineering and overlap of design and construction. Um, and I was truly surprised at just how far ahead of the product development and the product research these buildings must start. Um, you know, Eli Lilly is you know, starting a facility now with drugs that are in uh, phase three clinical trial um, and they need to get the building started so far before they need, you know, they know exactly how that's going to work. Um, not only is it a competitive advantage, but it's, you know, it could truly be saving lives if they get that facility up and running earlier. Wow. And so, um, you know, to me, you know, working on buildings, working on highways, seeing the overlap of design and construction and, and how we've increased the speed over the years um, has you know, I thought I knew what we were doing, but looking at <laughs> this truly, you know, hyper fast or, you know, building buildings before you actually know what's going to be in there and needing to do that um, was really surprising. I just wasn't wasn't aware of the pace that the market is driving us to and where we really need to go in the future. So well, that's great. That's great insight. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, um, this is my first research um, opportunity, and um, and I want to talk more, probably more about the the research team and the process of how we we kind of came together. As I said, I came in um, after after one year, and my first meeting, I was so confused, um, and I like could not figure out how we were going to end up with a research project and tools that would make um, common sense to to practitioners to use, um, and so what was surprising to me is is how you know meeting after meeting we we delved into different aspects and we distilled things down. And I think thank uh, Keith for kind of leading us through that logical um, uh, thinking to come to this end where we have tools that we um, and I had great presenters today and. Um, and, and and I think provide are providing a a, a suite of tools that are going to add value to uh, to the industry. Fantastic! Well, yeah. this has been a great conversation. Uh, you know, Keith and Summer, I really appreciate you taking the time to share the insights from this process. And uh, for those of you listening uh, that are CII members, uh, look it up. Flexible facilities for manufacturing and life sciences research. It's on the knowledge base and. 
uh, some really key tools that, that can be deployed and need to be deployed uh, in the industry. So thank you very much. Again, this is the Built Revolution uh, podcast. I'm Clark Ellis with Continuum Advisory Group, and we look forward to hearing from everybody soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Built Revolution pod brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. Continue the conversation on Twitter at Built Revolution Pod or email us at hello at builtrevolutionpod.com. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals being interviewed, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsoring organizations.